a long time ago. It's the ship that made the castle run in less than 12 parts and the great disturbance of the force. I told you she would never partially betray the rebellion. That's no move. Cotton, it's right it's pulling us in. Star Wars Splinter of the Mind's Eye, adapted from the novel by Alan Dean Foster, script and inks by Terry Austin, pencils by Chris Sprouse, lettering by Steve Dutro, colors by James Sinclair, cover art Hugh Fleming, book designs Scott Tice, and editor Pete Janes. Issue number two was published in February of 1996 originally by Dark Horse Comics, and now is presented by Marvel, as they have all of the rights to all of the Lucas Legacy comics. Splinter of the Mind's Eye, issue number two. Luke and his sister Leia and their assailants are arrested by Imperial Stormtroopers. The crime is fighting with weaponry in an open place. Luke and Leia are taken directly to Captain Supervisor Grammel, who believes them to be common criminals, maybe, but suspects them of something more after being informed of a mysterious shard of crystal that Luke was given by Hala. Luke and Leia are assigned to a cell which contain two Yuzem. Grammel then is intrigued by this shard, this crystal shard, and contacts the regional governor, Bin Asada, who is known for his knowledge of radiant stones. Asada sees pictures of the two, quote, petty criminals caught in the possession of the gemstone, and he recognizes the female and orders Grammel to hold them in custody, unharmed until the proper authority arrives on Miben to collect them. He then reaches out to Lord Vader to inform them of the prisoners that he has in custody. Luke and Leia and the two Yasm stage a daring prison escape and then are meet up with Hala and C-3PO and R2-D2 and steal a swamp crawler that they then plan to use to reach the temple of Pomo Gemma and the Kyber Crystal. However, there is a hungry Wandrella, and this is a large worm-like creature, really looks like the dune worms, that has other plans for them as they are stopped in their tracks in the swamp. This comic adaptation of Splinter of the Mind's Eye is very faithful to the source material. When we're looking at this installment, we pick up a few pages into the fourth chapter of the original work, and this ends approximately halfway through the eighth chapter of the book. In essence, the editing decisions here that were made and the writing decisions as far as breaking up or chunking up this story into comic book issues was to center around this prison break and the apprehension of Luke and Leia. And it is very exciting in that regard and a fantastic installment here in the series. The action is fast and furious. We pick up with the confrontation of fighting out in public and then the apprehension of the stormtroopers. All of this is beautifully illustrated here, and I love the action sequences. This does not miss a beat. 
from the previous issue. You're really just starting up where you left off. So you can see where, frankly, reading the graphic novel from start to finish would most likely be a far more satisfying experience. Vice, if you were back in the 90s and reading this issue to issue that was being published, I wouldn't say it would detract from the experience, but you would be waiting in great anticipation. And frankly, I think some of the editing choices here as far as where to pick the story up and leave it off were done for keeping the reader engaged. I don't necessarily feel that it gives the story flow anything more or less uh, as far as an experience is concerned. It's okay. I I guess they chose good, natural starting off and ending points within the story. I don't think it's forced, but at the same time, I I think reading from start to finish is a far more satisfying experience, particularly if you had already read the initial work that this is based off of. The illustrations here are very detailed. The quality is one of a singular work. So there's no inconsistencies here. And of course, Terry Austin's inks shine. I mean, this is a comic book Hall of Fame talent here. Not only for doing the adaptation and the writing, but his inks absolutely shine and are very much so complemented here by that initial penciling by Chris Sprouse. I truly feel that Terry Austin and Chris Sprouse are a team working together. The writing is kept to a minimum, meaning the lettering done by Steve Dutro is very well contained within the each one of these cells, each one of these frames. You're looking at a nine-cell layout in some instances. In other instances, you're looking at a traditional eight, and there is very effective and good use of the horizontal frames where you combine either three frames horizontally or two frames horizontally to create those dramatic moments. I always remember the words of Frank Miller and saying, whenever you want to convey an epic nature to something, you go horizontal. Whenever you want to create a feel of something being ominous or creating depth, you go vertical. And indeed, the panels here to convey either an epic reveal or the severity of an issue are really done to great effect by creating these page side to side horizontal frames here with the reveals. Luke's dialogue back and forth with the authorities here, the captain's supervisor, Grammel, are outstanding. This is really, really a fantastic adaptation by Terry Austin as far as that exchange is concerned and then capturing that in the comic, not only from the dialogue adaptation, but also just illustratively. So Chris Sprouse is to be commended for his facial expressions, the level of detail in the face, the reveals. Grammel is really a villainous character. There, he is brutal as far as his methods to extract information and the threats that he puts down to Luke and Leia. You really feel a sense of dread 
when you're in his presence here in these comic book pages. Luke, when he gives his excuse as far as who they are, we're escaped criminals from Sercarpus with a death sentence on our heads. We're wanted for extortion and blackmail, and the girls debate. We compromised some people who were more important than we thought, and we stole a life pod hoping to make it to a colony on 12 or 10. And Grammel's not buying any of this. He thinks there's more to be seen here out of these two, and he presses the issue further by asking for that shard, that crystal shard. And that crystal shard being that thing that tips him off to Luke and Leia aren't exactly what they appear to be. The action sequences within this title are really good. The reveal of the lightsaber and Luke utilizing the lightsaber on the assailants initially in the opening pages is fantastic. Actually putting the lightsaber through the leg of one of the assailants. The close-ups as far as the video monitors are concerned with the Imperials talking back and forth to one another is really fantastic. I love it when Grandma reaches out and is needing the advice of the expert on the the crystals who is off-world, and he immediately recognizes Leia as a person of interest. And then going to the reveal of Lord Vader and the big video screen and just the ominous helmet of Vader there as he's talking to him just sends chills down your spine. It's fantastically captured here. And I really, really, really love this sense of dread, this ominous feeling that Luke and Leia really are in a high-stakes situation. The jailbreak is fantastic. I love these companions that Luke and Leia meet in prison, and they help break them out. They're kind of Wookiee-ish like creatures. They're just huge. They're massive, but more with like a bear-like features as far as the face is concerned, and with these t- uh, tusks, these lower teeth tusks, almost like looking like a boar as they are breaking out of this jail. And then the meet up there with the old woman Hama as she is looking for this all-terrain vehicle, this armored all-terrain vehicle to safely get them through the swamp and meeting up with her and setting out. And then we encounter this worm-like creature that really harkens back to the Dune-like influences that really inspired Star Wars to begin with. We're seeing this big worm entering into this comic and it truly looks like one of the dune worms but thrown into a swamp it's very ominous it is full of danger you feel for luke leia c-3po r2 and hama and we are left with c-3po saying doomed we're all doomed a classic catchphrase by c-3po well kids we would love to hear from you once you have read splinter of the mind's issue number two please leave us a message via the anchor app or send us an email at kirby's kids podcast at gmail.com obi-wan take us out your destiny lies upon the different parts of your mind the force will be with you
This Marvel Legends comic book series is dedicated in loving memory of Charles Lippincott, who George Lucas hired in late 1975 to join the first Star Wars production as Vice President of Advertising, Publicity, Promotion, and Merchandising. To quote George, Charlie was one of the founding pillars of the Star Wars films and phenomenon. He began in earnest the concept of licensing motion pictures at a time when only other company doing so was Disney. Charlie was the one who said early on that we can make this work and was the first person to both develop Star Wars licensing and engage with the fans. He had insights into marketing and public relations that were truly unparalleled and prime example of that is San Diego Comic-Con today. Charlie is widely credited for setting the trajectory of Star Wars fandom with his grassroots style convention presentations beginning in 1976 well before the release of the first film. Those early appearances included Mark Hamill, who accompanied Charlie on a promotional tour for Star Wars, this barnstorming of conventions celebrating science fiction, fantasy, and comic books resulted in movie theaters welcoming large crowds of fans on Star Wars opening day, due in large part to Charlie's early promotional efforts. In addition, Charlie sought out the very first comic book and toy deals with Marvel and Kenner, now Hasbro, respectively, two iconic legacies that continue to this day. Thank you, Charlie, for Star Wars comics becoming a reality. And that's what this Legends series is all about. The Force will be with him always.